my foot got trapped in it, and then I did like a backflip off of it and broke my foot. I think we were feeding our birds one time, and they never knew what the cave was haunted. But I found it and tried to give it to her, but she said no. It's time for the Appleseed, an hour that uses the power of great stories to help you make sense of the world and communicate with the people who are important to you. On the Appleseed, great stories can change your family's world. I'm your host, Sam Payne, and today, well, it's your lucky day because we've got not one but two great stories from the Philadelphia area storyteller Charlotte Blake Alston. She's going to share a pair of folk tales about one of humankind's favorite companions. They've been hanging around with humans for thousands of years, and they've been found lounging alongside the pharaohs of ancient Egypt and crossing oceans on Viking ships. Today, they're found in the homes of millions of people all around the world. You guessed it, friends. Today's show is full of stories about cats. The folk tales we'll hear from Charlotte are from Africa, but you can find stories about cats from all over the world, which makes sense since they're found on every continent except Antarctica. And as most of you have probably experienced, they've heavily colonized the internet as well. And so while so many other human experiences don't translate perfectly across borders, people all over the world can relate in some way to hanging around with cats. You could say that cats and stories about cats give us a common language to connect with other people. For example, just think of the number of common sayings that use cats as a metaphor. If you can't think of what to say, you say, the cat got your tongue. But if you say too much, then maybe you say you accidentally let the cat out of the bag. It's always a surprise to see what the cat dragged in, but be careful when you check it out, don't you know? Curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> Ever heard any of those phrases? And the world must truly be out of whack if this were to happen. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> That's a famous line from the movie Ghostbusters that pulls in the cat's most notorious adversary to explain the chaos overtaking the city. I could keep going with cat sayings. They're like catnip to me, one might say, <laughs> but that's the last one, I promise. We'll get things started now, this hour, with our first tale from Charlotte Blake Alston called Why Cats Live with Women. Today, cats have a reputation for being aloof, but according to this tale, it wasn't always like that. Now, Cat walked alone, but Cat did not like being alone. Cat craved companionship. It almost didn't matter with whom he could connect. <laughs> a moment from Why Cats Live with Women, a folktale from Kenya. Of course, after that, I'll share a personal memory about my own childhood cat, Patches, in today's entry in the Radio Family Journal. And, of course, later on in the hour, we're going to share an original audio drama we've cooked up in our secret lab. It's called Winning Dee Dee, and it's about a family that wins a robot. What could go wrong? <laughs> it's not really a story about cats, but it does have a cat in it. Pet freeze finishing complete. Snowball, that no! That was my pleasure. Snowball's frozen! In that moment from winning Dee Dee, it sounds like the family cat, Snowball, finds out exactly what can go wrong with the new robot. Then, near the end of the hour, we'll circle back around to Charlotte Blake Alston again for a final story that may just challenge a basic belief about cats. Before your great-grandparents were born, cat and dog were best friends. Yeah. You heard that right. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria, indeed. You won't want to miss that final folktale. Well, let's get started, shall we? We'll head off to the Appleseed Studio, along with Charlotte Blake Alston and our terrific studio audience. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. A friend of mine from Kenya once said that if you go to villages of the Maasai, you will see cats. Of course, we see cats everywhere in the world, but you will see cats rolling around and rubbing up against the feet, the ankles, the legs of the women. 
And he says this is the reason why. In the earliest days of creatures, some of them walked alone. One of those was Cat. Now, Cat walked alone, but Cat did not like being alone. Cat craved companionship. It almost didn't matter with whom he could connect. And so one day, as Cat was walking, he came across Rat. Now, you would not think that Rat and Cat would get along, but immediately... Cat reached out to Rat and said, look, I see that you are alone. I'm walking alone. I would really like to have a companion. If, if, if you don't mind, if it's okay with you, I'd love for us to pair up together. We can talk together. We can walk together. We can hunt together. We can share. We can eat together. Well, Rat thought, that's not such a bad idea. So they partnered up together. They walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together. They walked together, talked together hunted together, ate together, at least that is for a while. Because one day as they were walking, the cat didn't even notice, but Rat looked up. There was Crow, headed down from the sky directly at Rat. Rat took off. Cat couldn't believe it. And then he saw the Crow. Whoa, the crow. you frightened the Rat? Perhaps this would be a better companion for me. And just as he had done with Rat, Cat implored Crow to partner together. We can walk together, we can talk together, we can hunt together. You have the eyes of the skies and of the land. And so Crow agreed. So they partnered together, they walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together. They walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together, at least that is for a while. Because one day, as they were walking, along came Leopard. Leopard was not a friend of Crow. Crow took off into the sky. Cat went, whoa, you frightened the crow, frightened the rat? I think perhaps you would be a better friend. In fact, we look like we could be related. And so, just as he had done with rat and the crow, he implored the leopard. Leopard said, Sure, why not? You can be my little companion. And they partnered together. And just as he had done before, they walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together. They walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together, at least, that is, for a while. Until one day, when they were walking, along came Lion. Now, you would think that Lion and Leopard would get along, but oh, no. Leopard took off. Cat could not believe it. The Lion frightened away a leopard who scared the crow, who scared the rat. Oh, this might be my new protector. And so he implored the Lion. Lion said, sure, come along. You can be my companion. I'll walk you to the pride. And sure enough... They partnered together, they walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together. They walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together, at least that is for a while. Until one morning when out of the bushes came a large elephant. Lion took a look at elephant. You would think that they would not get along, and you would be right. They did not. Lion one time tried to take one of elephant's children. Lion took off before that elephant could trample him to death. Cat went, wow! The lion scared off by an elephant. The lion who scared the leopard, who scared the crow, who scared the rat. I think I have found my greatest protector of all. And he implored the elephant. Sure, come along. I'll take you to my herd. And they partnered together. They walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together. They walked together, talked together, hunted together, ate together, at least that is, for a while. Until one morning, out from the bushes came a long, thin, two-legged creature with a long stick in his hand. He reared back and went to throw it when Elephant took a look and took off. Oh, this skinny, two-legged creature scared away the elephant? Who scared away a lion? Who scared the leopard? Who scared the crow? Who scared the rat? I think I found a new friend that I will stay with for a long time. And sure enough, Cat went home with man. He didn't have to worry about hunting. 
he ate the scraps that man gave to him. He didn't have to worry about conversation and talking. He could just lie by the fire and listen to all the conversation around him. And so it remained for a long time until one day, Cat woke up to a great commotion. He looked up and there was man running across his hut all the way out the door. Behind him was his woman. She was shaking her finger like this. She had her hands on her hips. Her head was moving back and forth. Cat said, wow, man who scared away the elephant, who scared the lion, who scared the leopard, who scared the crow, who scared the rat. I think I found my new friend forever. And so still today, if you go to the villages of the Maasai, you will see the cats rolling around, rubbing against the feet, the legs, the ankles of the women. The most powerful creatures in all the world! <laughs> Charlotte Blake Alston, with Why Cats Live With Women. And we're just getting started with our stories about cats, and I suspect that something you hear on the show today might just spark a memory of a cat or two you have known in your life. If that happens, that's a memory you could share with the people you love. In fact, next time you're around the table with the people you love, you could go around and ask everyone to share their favorite cat memory. Everyone's bound to have at least one Unless you're dog people, of course. That kind of storytelling, though, can help shape a family culture and build memories that last a lifetime. In just a moment, a little talk back with our producers, Heather and Brian, about that story, followed by an audio drama about a family who find themselves squaring off against a malfunctioning robot in a game of cat and mouse. Oh, I walked right into that one, didn't I? That's coming up here on The Appleseed. I'm Sam Payne. just our pleasure to hear from Charlotte Blake Alston, recorded live in the Appleseed Studio, a story called Why Cats Live with Women. A pleasure to hear that story and a pleasure now to talk around the table with uh, the producers of the Appleseed about that story. Dr. Brian Tanner and Dr. Heather Bigley join me around the desk. Guys, thanks for joining me. Hey, great to be here. Hello. So, cats. Cat people? <laughs> uh, yes no. or no? That's... <laughs> I, I was going to soften it, but it's just no. But no. It's just a hard no. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but Heather, you were kind of— Yeah, I had cats as a kid, and I love them, and some of my happiest memories are with my cat. Yeah. yeah. Smokey. I mean, it seemed appropriate, like, um, for my dating life later. Like, um, I love you so much. Okay, bye, bye, wave, wave. Come back to me sometime. I'm here anytime. You know. You have owned cats. Yes, and yeah. that's how I was treated. And I loved it. Like, <laughs> like of course, that's how I deserve to be treated. So, um, yeah. My wife and I wondered if we would be, if we would ever be anything people, if there would be pets at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, there have been some cats. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where does a story like this take you? You know, when you hear stories like this, folk tales that are about animals, they're really about people, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can't really see what's going inside the minds uh, of these animals. We, we kind of insert our own human qualities That's onto right. them. Yeah. And, and in this story, um, I think it's a story about people who kind of view uh, relationships as transactional, you know, it's like, what can I hope to get out of this relationship? Yeah. Um, and hmm, there's somebody over there that can give me some more. See ya. I'm on to the uh, I'm on to yeah. the better person. Yeah. You know, and I I hope that as my I live my life that I'm not thinking of people in those terms. Mm. You know, I'm not thinking what I, what can I get out of this person, but I'm kind of thinking like, how can I help this person? How can I love this person? How can I what? Uh, you know, and hopefully it's reciprocal, but I hope that I'm not motivated by that, but I can just view like this person is a child of God or this, you know, this person has inherent worth and I should just be be kind to them regardless of what I get out of it. Right. No, I think that's wonderful. And I, I, I think, you know, I recently, uh, I think within the last couple of years, 
I found myself like reevaluating the friendships I did have. Mm -hmm. And um, occasionally I'd get really grumpy about one. (laughs) And and then I'd think, am I in a position that I can just throw friends away? Mm, Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. think I am. And so if things aren't the way that I want them to be, then I also have a responsibility to make them better. Yeah. Uh, I just can't say, well, this person treats me this way or this person, whatever. I need to think, well, and what am I doing in this situation yeah. uh, to be a friend? So, <laughs> Yeah, when you've taken an animal into your care, it it gives you a a glimpse into another kind of relationship, you know. Yeah. I mean, you you that that that's an animal that depends on you. That's a that's an animal whose who who whose life may hang in the balance depending on the choices that you make, and it it really gives you an opportunity to. It's an it's a relationship unlike any other relationship. Yeah, you know? <laughs> filled with again filled with responsibility, filled with duty, certainly filled with a degree of affection. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but cats are weird because sometimes <laughs> they they do what they want to do, and sometimes when they're not giving you affection, you can't simply say, "Well, then I'm out." Right. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm done with and, you. And maybe that's why I'm a dog person because <laughs> I'm just like. Give me all the affection. Right. You know, if I'm going to put in all this work, I want cuddles. I want I want you to just light up yeah. and wag your tail like crazy when I walk into the room. Well, yeah. you two are parents, so maybe maybe you can tell me. I feel like dogs are the three-year-old that thinks that you're the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. And cats are the teenager that are just mm. like, yeah, okay, but do you have my allowance money yet? Because yeah. that's that's what I'm really here for. Yeah, Is that – how I'm do you here. think that yeah, – well, uh, uh, corroboration <laughs> assessment for sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's my theory. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Charlotte Blake Alston's story about cats brought back some cat memories for me that I'll share as today's entry in the Radio Family Journal. The Radio Family Journal with Sam Payne, a tiny little story for you and your family, right when you need it, on the Appleseed. I visited an old friend a while ago in the hours before her father passed away. She was at her dad's apartment watching and waiting with him in those last close, intimate hours of his life. And when I came by to visit with them, I was welcomed into the embrace of their family by a purring cat winding itself around my leg, an orange cat with tiger stripes. I hadn't seen my friend for many years, but I remembered that They had had just such a cat when we were younger, and I mentioned it. This cat looks just like Brigham, I said. He ought to, said my friend. That is Brigham. (laughs) Well, good heavens. This was the cat I remembered all those years ago, those days when I was, well, not quite a kid, but a lot younger than I am now. The visit was a special one, the last time I'd see my friend's dad alive. And when the visit was over, as I drove away from the parking lot of the apartment, my brain was flooded with memories, oddly enough, of Patches. Patches was a scrawny little black and white kitten when he first wandered into the lives of me and my family. My dad found him somewhere, a stray that he thought we boys might give a good home. And we loved that cat. He kind of became my cat. Other brothers had other pets. My brother Joe had a little tortoiseshell cat named Mouse. Dave had a gopher snake named Smog. And Josh, my littlest brother, had a billy goat named JB. JB stood for Joshua's billy goat. So Patches kind of became mine. Though that's really a loose term, mine, because as far as Patches was concerned, he didn't belong to anyone. He just hung around with us because he liked us. I like to think that anyway. He was his own cat. He owned himself. My dad would see him curled up by the big heater in the living room on a fall morning, and he'd point and say, that's not a tame cat. And boy, we knew it. We neutered him and got him shots and checkups, and we fed him, but he lived his own life. Patches would come indoors after a good carouse, and we'd see a nick in his ear after what surely had been a tussle with some other stray. Patches was a good mouser, and more than a match for any of the neighborhood dogs. That cat was in charge of security at our place, and he knew it. 
and he was fast as lightning, making daredevil runs across our small town street, even in the face of cars barreling down toward him. Always a step ahead, he was. And every cold night, if he'd been accidentally left outside, he knew where my second-floor bedroom was. I can't count the number of times I got home from a school dance or a date or a night out for pizza with my pals and settled down beneath my covers and then heard patches pawing squeakily at my bedroom window. The window was close enough to my bed that I didn't even have to get out of bed to let him in. I'd just roll over, flip the latch on the window, slide it open, and he'd jump through, purring, pawing at my blanket, circling a few times and then settling down with me for a good sleep. Cats, dogs, goats, snakes, they'd all come and go at our house. But Patches remained. He watched me graduate from elementary school and start to catch the bus for junior high and then high school. He saw me start to drive a car. He saw me head off to college. And then, finally, one day, on a visit home from school to do a couple loads of laundry... We found Patches wounded, conscious, but unable to stand. He'd been too slow, or a car too quick, or a dog too tough. And there he was, the one constant of my childhood, at what would be the end of his swashbuckling life. We called the vet, who came running. But it was all over for Patches. I sat with him until he was gone. And then I found a place away... And I broke open, cried good and hard for a good long time. I was 18. And then, within hours of that first rush of grief, came a rush of stories. I circled up with the folks I loved, the folks who loved Patches, and we told Patches stories. Patches was always going to go away. I always knew that. But if you've had a cat like that, or... A dog, if you're a dog person, or a bearded dragon lizard, if you're a bearded dragon lizard person, then you know. You bring something like that into your life because it's just the cutest thing you've ever seen. Never thinking about the ways your lives will entwine. But they do, don't they? I know my friend's cat, Brigham, is still around. He shows up on Facebook from time to time. He's going to go, I guess, sometime. And when he does, she, my friend, will turn to her loved ones and they'll all listen as the stories rush out. The Radio Family Journal of Sam Payne. A tiny little story for you and your family. Right when you need it, on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining me for that entry in the Radio Family Journal. We always hope that the stories that we bring you here on the Appleseed spark memories and thoughts for you that you can share with the people that you love. It's been a pleasure to chat about Charlotte Blake Alston's story, Why Cats Live with Women, with uh, the producers of the Appleseed, Dr. Brian Tanner, Dr. Heather Bigley. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you with us on The Appleseed a moment ago. An entry in the Radio Family Journal oh, about my cat, Patches. It's been kind of an hour filled with cat stories. The next thing we're going to bring you is not so much a cat story, but it does have a cat in it. <laughs> and, and I'm joined by Julie Rose, one of the cast members of Winning DD, the audio drama you're about to hear. Julie, of course, is the wonderful host of Top of Mind, one of the other shows in the family of BYU radio podcasts. Julie, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is very much outside of my normal uh, life in radio. <laughs> Not <laughs> so, often then chased by a maniacal robot. No, or even, um, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to communicate clearly and to be kind of conversational, invite people into the conversation with me as we tackle tough topics and to sort of take on a different role yeah, and like yeah. have to, it's really hard to like read lines and sound like you're not reading lines <laughs> when you're trying to be the mother of a, ha a household of, sure. you know, bickering kids with uh, coming together to, like, 
basically save save themselves from this maniacal <laughs> robot. It was it was very fun. It was it it was fun to see you do it. Frankly, you know, as 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 we are familiar with Top of Mind, a show that tackles issues in an articulate way with uh, guests from sort of across the spectrum, right? What you brought to this piece was so fun. And of course, this is a piece about a family with a with a kind of an uncommon problem, right? Yeah. They yeah. have one uh, a robot made. What could go wrong? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong? And here is the, you know, the the mother. I mean, it, it was a character that I th- there was quite a bit of me in it because she's kind of the character that's like now, now, I think this might be a bad idea. Let's slow down and right. read the instructions, yeah. right? Which I was absolutely that person growing up. My brother <laughs> was the zany one that was like, let's try this. Let's tie a rope to this tree and then let's see if we can get to the other side of this ravine. And I'm like, I think someone might get hurt here. Let's think this through. <laughs> so, so it was definitely, I didn't have to think too hard to embody this role as the mom. <laughs> well, we're going to bring it to you now and we're thrilled to do it. Winning DD here on the Appleseed. Phone off, please. Thank you. What is tomorrow? Cul-de-sac cleaning day. Rain or shine? It's supposed to miss us. Will they deliver your prize tonight if it's stormy? I'm sure they will. Package tracking said at any time. 75% of the time, they are late. Okay, Brainiac. Dad, after dinner, can I take the wagon out by myself? I barely got that old thing running. Just one more night driving lesson. I thought you were taking cooking lessons. And that means what? That you are a good cook and will be a safe driver. Right, Devin. Uh, what are we eating anyway, Jersey? I think it's meat, Dev. How can you tell? Boys. Seriously, guys. Derek, your cat eats on the floor. Off the table, Snowball. Go. And Jersey, for the record, this tater tot casserole is awesome. It's lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's here. Yes, saved by the horn. Wow, it's huge. Dad won a big box. That's one big Roomba. I'm glad it was free shipping. It's almost as tall as my mom. She even looks like her. Haha, <laughs> not funny. She does look real. Chores will be a blast again. Were they ever a blast? It says on the box, Domestic Droid DD 2020. DD? Cool. Our own robot. It looks like grandma. <laughs> Once she is charged up kids, you will love to clean house. Gerald, let's read the directions first. Whoa! It's on already. Good evening, Mendez family. It talks. It knows us. It even sounds like your mom. I hope it can cook. When I'm driving, you will be riding your trike to school. Manners. We have company. (laughs) Dev, can you turn the TV down? The quick setup manual says to place an item in front of her for a super suction vacuum test. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I'll try Cocoa Puffs. This is so cool. <laughs> vacuum complete. Let's be friends. Wow, that was fast. I think she likes us. What? No! She's a machine! She understands verbal commands? Ah, the glory of winning! why are you putting my sweater on the floor? Excuse me! Trust me, sis. That is so... Mom! Sweater cleansing complete. Big yes! Say you're welcome, Jerry. That is so snatched. Thanks, Derek, and robot lady. It was my pleasure. That is cool. It looks brand new. Ooh, I wonder if she does calculus. Did lightning hit us? I don't think so. I saw some blue sparks. Power is still on. The TV is not. Great. Uh, Did Snowball hit a button on the droid? Hmm. Grandma was looking right at the TV. Okay, she needs another name. Here's my hoodie. Make it clean. Oh, my hoodie! It's a big ball. Fabric cleansed. My pleasure, Derek. (laughs) That is hilarious. Dev. I'm sorry, Derek. She turned his hoodie into a ball of fabric? Dad, your cleaning toy is cool, but Kath wanted me to come over tonight. Can I take the wagon? I've got the keys. Uh, Please? We'll see. 
Mom's right. I need to read the entire manual. Power washing and kitchen cleansing commencing. Wait, Gerald. Look. <laughs> this is so cool. What just happened? Everything is cleaned, stacked, perfect? Wow, she generated hot water and hot air instantly. You didn't give her a command. Jersey, she's leading by example? Oh, let's go, we all. <gasps> Whoa! Table cleansing complete. Good evening, Mendez family. Mom, after I dust, I don't have to throw the furniture, right? Funny, Jers. Where's the manual? It says a full charge is needed to safely operate. Let's see, super suction vacuuming, hot pressure washing, multi-level sentry, pet watch plus, fabric freeze finishing. Maybe it's not fully charged. Freeze finishing? What's that? I've read that super cooling a fabric followed by super suction is more eco-friendly. Thanks, Mr. Bookworm. You could pressure wash the driveway tomorrow, Gerald. <laughs> and freeze dry the couch the next day. Do we have to shut her down to charge her? Let's see. Charging procedures. Shutdown mode, CPH3. Uh, see if she cleans bedrooms. Dee Dee could watch Snowball when we're gone. Dee Dee. That is much better than Grandma. Snowball, off the droid lady. <laughs> Pet freeze finishing complete. Snowball, that no! That was my pleasure. Snowball's frozen, Gerald. Everyone stay calm. But Dad, Snowball. <sighs> Where are the commands? Get down! <laughs> Front door freeze finishing complete. Good evening, Mendez family. The doors and windows are covered in ice! Just like Snowball! What is she doing? Uh, Dee Dee, shut down! Ripple shutdown command incorrect. Stop robot! Uh, sleep robot! Dis Disconnect droid! Incorrect verbal command limit reached. What? Daddy! She's after Jersey! Downstairs, Jersey, run! It's time to freeze finish the family unit. Ah! Electronic systems disabled. Good evening, Mendez family. No lights. Are you kidding me? Jers, call 911. My phone's dead. Grandma killed my phone. Her name is Dee Dee. Really? Like that matters. We need a diversion. A diversion? Run! <sighs> that was your diversion? Run upstairs? Dee Dee used some sort of electromagnetic pulse. That's possible. Dev, take this flashlight. Get your walkie-talkies from your room, quietly. Please tell me you have the manual. It's downstairs, oh, sorry. That's okay. Maybe the lightning caused a temporary malfunction? Malfunction? But when the toaster stops working, it doesn't freeze the cat. Dad, I found three. Here's the flashlight. Oh, thanks, bud. Keep it. We have the lantern. Daryl, what about Jersey? Uh, she should be safe, right? Dee Dee's on wheels. Throw one down the laundry chute. Derek, you read my mind. Incoming. Dad, you there? Hey, girl. We are coming up with a plan. I'm scared, Mom. I know, sweetie. So am I. Jersey, crawl out through the daylight window in the laundry room and run for help. Okay. I'm at the window. Lower level window activity detected. What is that sound? Dad? Gerald, something's wrong. I see lights. Dee coming down the stairs. What? I thought she was on wheels. Multi-level sentry. She's gonna freeze Jersey. The laundry chute. Boys, do you have any rope in your room? No, what about Benji? Perfect, let's pull her up the chute. She's still coming. Jers, we're coming to get you. We are throwing a sheet rope down the laundry chute. Grab it. You know what comes down that thing? Would you rather do it out with Dee Hot pressure washing commencing. Ah! Oh, Good evening, Jersey. Oh, guys. Oh. I'm falling. Oh. Close the chute, now! That water was hot. She almost got you, sis. Not on my watch. Why is Dee Dee power washing? Hot power washing, to be exact. Mom, my feet are getting warm. Honey, it'll, it'll be okay. 
Mom, my feet are getting wet. Mine too. Do you feel that? Is that an earthquake? Wait a minute. Hold on to something. There's a hole in the floor! Yes! Ah! Dee has my feet! Derek! Give me both hands! Ah! I'm slipping! Ah! Hold on, Derek! Hang on, Spot! Ah! I got you! I got you! You did it, Dad! Are you hurt? Derek! My new shoes and socks are gone. Ooh. And my hoodie. What was that? Could the whole floor collapse? Location verified. Good evening, Mendez family. Dee Dee is using the walkie-talkie? How is that possible? Oh, I dropped it. My bad. Dee Dee knows we're upstairs? She's boxing us in. Think, guys. Dad, I could use my drone and ram her. It's in our room. Drone, uh, it's not heavy enough. I'll weigh it down. If she comes up the stairs, I could tip her over. Yeah, you could hit her high and I could hit her low. Derek, you are not attacking Dee Dee. Mom. I could dump out my marble so she trips. She could freeze you, <sighs> Gerald. Boys, do it and get back here, carefully. I owe her one. Let's go. Go to channel two. Dee Dee is on channel one. And Jersey's gone again. At least we are on the same floor. What's left of it? Dee Dee's moving. I'll hover and wait for her. What did you weigh it down with? A hamper of dirty laundry. You'll either knock her down or she'll pass out. Jers, where are you going? I have a plan, Derek. I need your walkie-talkie. You're you're going into the closet? I'll be back. Come on, guys. He's on the stairs. I'm going in. Flying ah! objects, please cleanse. Good evening, boys. Run, Derek! Dad! She froze my drone. The marbles didn't work either. She tried to freeze us. Yeah, we heard. Wait, uh, wh where's your sister? I thought you were together. She said she had a plan. What plan? Cheryl, she's pressure washing the door. Dad! Lock it with the bed. The door is breaking. Help! She has me! Devin, hold on! Hold us! Let go of our son! We gotcha. Are you okay? She iced my hair. Vehicle exhaust detected. Must unite Mendez family. Dee Dee's leaving. Is Jersey in the car by herself? She went into the closet. The attic. Clever girl. That clunker is so old, Dee Dee probably can't shut it down. What is Jers doing? She must be going for help. Outside? Uh, let me see. Well, this brick ought to do it. Good evening, Dee Dee. I see you. There's a brick in the living room. Time to commence cleansing. Front window damaged. Come in from the rain, Jersey. There's Dee. What do we do? We wait for Jersey. Is that our wagon? Good night, Dee Dee! It's Jersey! Sweetie! Jersey! Is Dee dead? Everyone get back, I'll check. Watch out, guys. Warming complete. Goodbye, Mendez family. She's gone. You saved Wait, us, honey. It's Snowball! <laughs> Pet warming. Used up eight lives there, cat. Nice hair, Dev. Come here, kitty. Get in, guys. Honey, are you okay? Maybe Dad should drive? Tanya, she'll be fine. That was your plan? Cream Dee Dee and the house with the car? I wanted to go driving tonight. Cheers, <laughs> you are the goat. Look, the neighbors, the plylers, and the Shaws are outside wondering what happened. Just wave, everyone. Act like everything's normal. Where are we going, honey? Away from here. Hey, girl, don't worry about the house. We'll get it fixed. Yeah, what's tomorrow, anyway? It's cul-de-sac cleaning day. <laughs> Winning Dee Dee, an audio drama cooked up in the Appleseed secret lab. It was fun to listen to not only with you, but with one of the stars of Winning Dee Dee, host of <laughs> Top of Mind, the Top of Mind podcast, Julie Rose. Julie, what a pleasure to have you with me. To oh, it was so fun. And we were out of breath in a lot of that show, <laughs> which literally was because we were doing a lot of running and it was really right. fun to sort of like, it was a very action-packed recording. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, I, 
it's not always the case, right? But sometimes a piece like this about a team conquering a big, you know, a a big obstacle. Yeah. uh, In this case, a maniacal robot, right? Mm. Uh, Mirrors the—I always look at the work that we do here at BYU Radio and and some of the teamwork involved and some of the obstacles and things like that. Is there any—I mean, even in something as fantastical as this story, is there any kind of art imitating life or anything— you walk out with with insights about the next thing you're going to do after the recording session? <laughs> yeah. You know, I um, – so the teenage brand-new driver who saves the day by driving the car into the house and killing the robot, for me, it was like a perfect metaphor for what happens on a regular basis on our team when we are – we're grappling with a big issue and we're figuring out, like, how do we – how do we tell this? How do we create an opportunity for people to really, you know, hear different perspectives and not sort of shut down and run away? And oftentimes we'll hit a point where we're like, ugh, we don't know how to solve this. And then along out of nowhere, someone will come driving the car into our, like, in, <laughs> crash it through the wall. And we're like, aha, someone just came to us with a solution from a from a corner we hadn't expected yeah. and saved the day. Thanks so much for joining me. It is my pleasure. Julie Rose, host of Top of Mind and one of the stars of Winning DD. And before we go, we promised you one last story from Charlotte Blake Alston. We've been talking about cats for the whole show so far, but with this last one, we're going to throw a bone to the dog lovers out there, too. Let's head back into the Appleseed studio and listen. Thank you. This, by the way, is my thumb piano. There are people back there. Long time ago, before you were born, before your mothers and fathers were born, before your great-grandparents were born, cat and dog were best friends. Yeah. They had their houses right next door to each other. Their children, their kittens, and their puppies went to animal preschool together. They shared everything. They even went to virtual school together. She had everything they had. Well, one day, Cat was looking in her cupboards for something to eat, and wasn't much of anything there. So she started looking down on her floors and underneath her table and chairs and in between the cushions on her sofa, and she found some coins. But when she stuck out her paw and added them up, it wasn't enough money for her to go to the marketplace and buy anything. So she decided to go next door to her best friend, Dog's house. Dog looked in his cupboards, and there wasn't much of anything in there either. So they started looking down on Dog's floors, underneath Dog's tables and chairs, and in between the cushions on Dog's sofa, and they found some more coins. And when they stuck out both their paws, added them up, they did have enough money to go to the marketplace and buy something both of them could share. To buy something what? Both of them. To buy something what? Both of them could share. So off they went to that marketplace together. They walked and walked and walked. They walked and walked and walked. Down the road they went. Down the road they went. Down the road they went. And soon they came to that marketplace and there was all kinds of food there. There were all colors and shapes and smells of fruits and vegetables, all kinds of grain, rice and millet and corn and all kinds of fowl, guinea hens and chickens. And they walked from table to table trying to decide what they were going to buy and share together. There's something I forgot to tell you about Cat. In the early days of time, before you were born, before your mothers and your fathers were born, before your grandparents and your great-grandparents were born, cats loved cheese. Yeah, cats love cheese. And they came to a table where a man had all kinds of cheeses. He had cheddar cheese, yeah, mm mm-hmm. He had Swiss cheese, string cheese, gruyere cheese, even had a little bit of goat and yak cheese. Mm, good. And little cat's mouth started to water. Little cat's stomach started to growl. 
And dog took one look at her and said, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're a cheese fanatic. I'm a dog. I'll eat anything. So if you want to use the money to buy that chunk of cheese, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to share that with you. And that's just what Kat did. She put down her money. She put down dog's money and picked out the biggest piece of cheese a man had on his table. It was such a big piece of cheese that it was really heavy. So they had to take turns carrying it. So dog said, I'll take the first turn. So they hoisted that cheese onto that dog's back and down the road they went, down the road they went, down the road they went. And as they went, dog sang a little song and this is what he sang. He sang, I'm carrying old cheese. I'm carrying old cheese. Well, he walked along singing his little song, carrying that cheese on his back with Cat running alongside, but it was a great big piece of cheese, and after a while, it started to get a little bit heavy. So it was time for Cat to take a turn. They hoisted that cheese onto that cat's back, and down the road they went, down the road they went, down the road they went. And as they went, Cat sang a little song, too, and this is the song she sang. I'm carrying my cheese. I'm carrying my cheese. <laughs> dog heard that. That wasn't what dog sang. But he thought, well, she must be so hungry, she's not thinking about what she's saying. Well, they walked along with Cat carrying that cheese, singing her little song, and Dog running alongside, but it was a great big piece of cheese, and after a while, it started to get a little bit heavy. So, Dog took a second turn. They hoisted that cheese onto that dog's back, and down the road they went, down the road they went, down the road they went, and you know what Dog sang? I'm carrying cheese. I'm carrying cheese. And they walked along with Dog singing his song, carrying that cheese on his back with Cat running alongside. But again, after a while, it just became really heavy. So it was time for Cat to take a second turn. They hoisted that cheese onto that cat's back and down the road they went, down the road they went, down the road they went. And you know what cat sang? I'm carrying my cheese. I'm carrying my cheese. <laughs> Dog heard that. That was the second time she sang that song that way. We thought she must be so hungry, it's gone to her head and into her brain. She doesn't know what she's saying. Well, they were getting closer and closer to the road that led to their houses. And the closer they got, the hungrier Cat became. She could smell that cheese. Oh! She could taste that cheese in her mind. Oh! All Cat could think about was eating that cheese. And by the time they got to the road that led to their houses, she was so hungry for that cheese, she just could not help herself. She climbed up on a tree, went out on a limb, and started eating up all of the cheese. <gasps> Dog couldn't believe it. He opened his mouth to say something, and at first all that came out was, we bought that together. It was your money and my money. We were supposed to share it. You cared more about your stomach than you did about our friendship. Well, that's okay, because I know something. <laughs> you can't stay up in that tree forever. You're gonna get hungry again and you're gonna have to come down and when you do, I'll be here. Well, that cat stayed up in that tree for long 
time. But she did get hungry again, and she did have to come down. And when she did, that dog shot out after that cat, and dogs have been chasing cats ever since. I'm carrying Archie's. I'm carrying Archie's. Thanks for joining us today on The Appleseed, where great stories can change your family's world. Before we go, we wanted to say thank you to those who have taken the time to send an email to the show or leave us a thoughtful review on your favorite podcast platform. We got an email from a listener named Paul Curtis. Paul said, I loved the story about your producer singing for his grandfather's funeral. His story rang true to a lot of people, I'm guessing, thanks to him for a great story. Well, Paul, thanks for writing that to us. And it was a great story. That was a story told by our producer, Brian Tanner. You can find it in uh, Appleseed episode number 10 in season two. And clearly, Paul Curtis has been looking at our back catalog of Appleseeds. And you can too. Again, you can find all of the Appleseed episodes at byuradio.org or by Googling the Appleseed podcast or on the BYU radio app. Paul, again, we appreciated that note very much. Thanks. And if you want to send us a note, you can email us at theappleseed at byu.edu. Again, that's theappleseed at byu.edu. And if you're listening through a podcast app, please rate us. Leave us a little review. It helps spread the word of mouth. And who knows, we might just read it here on the show. We're so pleased and proud to be among the many shows in the BYU radio family of programs. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Thank you.